We are going to be in Psalm 103. I put on Facebook this week, I can't believe I've been saved 46 years. I preached my first message in March of 1975. And I recently came across that message. Um, and I, 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 I found it on cassette tape. I had recorded it as an MP3 file. And I listened to it. You know, that young guy who'd only been saved a year and had no Bible college training, he just said it. It was for Easter. And my goodness, I, it, I, I just said it. I told people they were lost. and This was in a rest home. I said if they hadn't accepted Jesus, they were lost and they were bound for eternity in hell and their only hope was in Jesus Christ and they needed to accept Jesus and be saved. Now is the day of salvation. And I preached about 20 minutes, but I almost got convicted. It was, but anyway, I've been saved. I, my first message I preached, what's that, um, 40, 45 years ago? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, 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 I've been um, pastoring now for about 25 years, and I had never come across a time, I've never thought about looking at Psalm 103. Um, about uh, two weeks ago, my Echo device, I can't say her name because she'll speak out. Uh, I do a Bible reading. Uh, she does. A, there's a Bible reading scheduled for there, so it's not really not her choice. Somebody she goes. She uses a website, and she read all the way through Psalm 103. And I said, "Man, that's good stuff." And then I heard um, John MacArthur a couple weeks ago used a huge part of his message was from Psalm 103. And then I a couple other places I'd seen people mention Psalm 103 on Facebook or wherever. And I said, you know, God must be telling me something. I said, let me have, let me just crack that open and have a little look at Psalm 103. I was flabbergasted by the depth of Psalm 103. Um, I was working on it one day, and poor Mary was trying to do something else, and I just kept jabbering and jabbering and jabbering about it. Um, so I went to I went to let me give you a little secret. I went to every pastor's resource to preach on the Psalms. They can say what they want. But eventually, everybody goes back to Spurgeon's handfuls on purpose. If you really want to enjoy going through the Psalms, get yourself a copy of Spurgeon's handfuls on purpose. So I went to Spurgeon's handfuls on purpose. I said, what did Spurgeon think about Psalm 103? I want to read you what he said. Um, He said, this doubtless by David. And I want to read you just the paragraph. This guy could write. He, he puts any of us to shame. Here's what he says about Psalm 103. It is in his own, David's own style when at its best. And we should attribute it to his latter years when he had a higher sense of the preciousness of pardon because a, um, because a keener sense of sin than in his younger days. Isn't that awesome? David wrote this as an old man. Um, he'd seen the reality of what he'd been singing about his whole life. His clear sense of the frailty of life indicates the weaker years, as also does the very uh, fairness of his praiseful, gra- praiseful gratitude. As in the lofty Alps, some peaks rise above all others. So among even the inspired psalms, there are heights of song which overtop the rest. This 103rd psalm has, has ever seemed to us to be a Monte Rosa. I, I'm not sure what that means. Um, rose of thorns, rose of 
a mountain of roses, I guess would be what it means. Um, but I think I think the intention is it's the peak, it's the finest, it's the. What, you know what it means? It's one of the mountains in the Alps in France. It's, Which what is it? It's a mountain in well, the Alps in France. It's one of the highest. All right, thank you. Somebody here, I should have looked that up. It's the highest Alps peak in France. Brilliant. Um, he's, it, 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 some, some, he says, so now I know what I'm reading. This 103rd Psalm has ever seemed to us to be the Mount Rosa of the divine chain of mountains of praise, glowing with a ruddier light than any of the rest. It is as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, and its golden fruit has a flavor such as no fruit ever bears unless it has been ripened in its full sunshine of mercy. It is man's reply to the benedictions of his God. His song on the mount answering to the Redeemer's sermon on the mount. Nebuchadnezzar adored his idol with flute, harp, sacket, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music. And David, in its nobler style, awakes all of the melodies of heaven and earth in honor of the one, only, living, and true God. Our attempt at exposition is connected commenced under an impressive sense of the utter impossibility of doing justice to so sublime a composition. We call upon our soul and all that's in within us to aid in this pleasurable task. But alas, our soul is finite, and our all of mental facility is far too little for the enterprise. There is too much in the psalm for a thousand pens to write. It is one of those all-comprehending scriptures, which is a Bible in itself, and it might alone almost suffice for the hymn book of the church. Isn't that something? And as I looked through this, I thought, well, I, I, can, I think I can do an outline and get through this in a week. Um, looks like one message. So then I got started studying it, and I feel a sense of awe that Spurgeon had. It's just verse after verse I think I could almost preach a week on every single line of this psalm it doesn't miss a beat I want to read the whole psalm to you we'll be looking Lord willing at verses 1 through 5 today but I want to read the psalm to you um, to get a sense of the depth of it bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all of its benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteous and judgment for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses. His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger or hold back his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sin. He has not punished us according to our iniquities. Can I read that again? He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Can't wait to get there. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, 
as the Lord so the Lord pities those who fear him for he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust as for a man his days are like grass as the flower of the field so he flourishes flourishes for the wind passes over it and it is gone and in and its place remembers it no more but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them Father as I read this I'm challenged again by even the impossibility of doing this psalm credit so I pray Lord that you would be with us today I pray that you'd guide every word Lord I'd love for your Holy Spirit to take over this message Lord we, I want to be yielded to his direction I've written down my notes and the things that I'd like to get across Lord but I want this to be your message to each of us Lord I need this word today uh, I wish almost it was somebody else preaching it so I could get convicted on my own but Lord you put me here in this position and I pray that you might bless these words to our hearts as we examine it together in Jesus name we pray Amen. Let's start with this. We're going to start first of all, verses 1 through 5 is where we're going to try to look at God willing this morning. Verses 1 through 5. Um, and this is the blessings of a personal God. I, I love the phraseology of this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I want to put those together because um, the word benefits can be translated as well as a blessing. So we are meant to bless the Lord because of all he's blessed us with. I, I, that's an amazing concept. But let's just, let's just the, the word bless here, it means to exalt and to lift up and magnify. And the word can go both ways when you think about it because when God blesses us, he is lifting us up above where we, where, where we are. He's doing things for us in His graciousness. He, 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 he allows us to be dragged up out of the miry clay and He blesses us with blessings that allow us to be elevated from the place we were. So what do we do? We bless God in response. We honor Him. We magnify Him. We make Him our... We, we lift God up. We magnify Him in our words, our lives, our actions. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul. When God blesses us, He pours out His benefits to us. When we bless God, we acknowledge His benefits. Do you see that relationship there? It's kind of a vague thing to me. Because I read, God bless, God bless us, and then we're supposed to bless God. And it took until I studied this to see how it clicks together. So God blesses us by giving benefits to us, and we bless Him by thanking Him for His benefits. Make sense? Well, that'll make the rest of the psalm mean a lot, a lot more to you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. It's, it's kind of like... This blessing, giving God blessing, um, we acknowledge what He's done for us. It's kind of like making melody in our heart to the Lord. Let all that is within me bless His holy name. We read in the New Testament where the, the Bible talks about um, uh, honoring. When we sing, we're, we're, we're supposed to make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Let all, let all that is within me bless His holy name. Boy, I'm challenged by that. I, I, I mean, like all of us, we've all had different ways of dealing with this thing since March. Um, but I found myself some days just totally frustrated, upset. I found myself angry and confused. And you know what I should be doing on those days? Sometimes I just kind of wallow in my misery. But you know what I should be doing those days? 
we're going to find out here in a second, we're supposed to be blessing God in those days. Let my heart within me. Because if I can bless God or honor God in my heart, it's going to change my whole perspective and people around me are going to see the difference. Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that's in within me. Bless His holy names. Bless His holy name. From my soul. This is a personal pouring out of blessing. It's between. This is between me and God. This is the real Roger from deep down in... Deep down there someplace, choosing to bless God. I heard somebody talk one time, many, many years ago, about the concept of raw faith. Um, Raw faith is the notion that when nothing else makes sense, I reach out and I hold on to God with nothing but raw faith. I like that concept. I think we have the same notion here of having a raw spirit of attitude. When everything else falls away, we choose to be grateful and to honor God for what he's done for us. And that's what this whole psalm is about. It's a pouring out a blessing. It's easy to bless. Isn't it easy to bless the Lord for what we see as his benefits? Everything's coasting along. We're happy as Larry. The church is thriving. People are being touched by our lives. We're going to church and we're singing together and we're fellowshipping. We're having one of my one of the last videos of church in the GAA was of a meal we had on the last Sunday in February. Um, I'm going to cry if I talk about it. That day was just like it was like wow, thank you God. We've been here 20 years, and this is what we came here to do. The end of February. We were, all, we were all there, weren't we? The end of February, yeah. And then, bam. Now, did I? Am I thanking God and praising God for the fifteenth of March as much as I am for the twenty eighth or 29th of February? It's easy to praise God when it's going well, but my whole soul ought to be magnifying God no matter what happens. He's doing something. We bless God for who He is. Think about it for a second. Who is God? First of all, He's God. The Lord. Jehovah God. Notice the letters there in, in all caps. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Most translations have capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. That's Jehovah, Yahweh. The Creator God. The one who holds the world together. He's the Creator and the Sustainer of the universe. God is that. God is. It's from God we have our essence. It's from God that we have our breath and our hearts keep beating and, and we keep functioning. It's God that holds the world together and causes the sun to rise and allows the sun to set and, 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 and causes it to rain on the ground. And all those things are because that's God is doing all that for us. He's God. He's the all-powerful, sustaining God. He's love. And He chose to love me. Man. Me? Of all people? Why would God love me? Because He's God. His nature is love. He's good. He knows what's best. He's in control. Then He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in within me. Bless His holy name. All that is within me. Literally, it's a, it's a difficult... I'll give you a translation in just a minute here. It means all of my insides... Literally, let all of my whole inside bless the Lord. That's my very essence. That's the me of me. And not only should be our praise for Him be personal, but it must be a fervent praise for God. And sometimes we do need to dig deep into our spirit and deep into our soul to choose to bless and praise Him. 
It's our heart and our soul and our spirit and our mind and our strength. Let me give you a, a new. Let me give you a new phrase. It's going to sound kind of gross, but from everything I've read about Hebrew um, words and, and the way things were worded there, the Hebrews didn't really talk about my heart. Okay, from my heart, they used the word a lot. Talked about the old King James used this phrase sometimes. My reins. That literally means your kidneys. It's your functioning. And I'm not doing this word injustice. I'm not giving this. I'm not doing injustice to this concept. We can call this gut praise. Sounds like a confusion of terms, doesn't it? But literally, we are to be honoring and praising God from our gut. When you're anxious, where do you feel it? You feel it in your gut, don't you? Right in the pit of your stomach. That's your, that's the gut. That's what he's talking about here. From let me let me honor God with my gut. We bless him. We might even say this in modern words: with every fiber of his soul, of our souls. Not only that. That's verse one, and we've been preaching for nearly twenty minutes already. All right. Look at verse two. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. We could say here that we bless as we... The the key thing here is that the way we do that... Here's the key. How do I reach down for that gut praise? Where do I get it from? How, how How do I praise God from my inner essence? We do it by um, forgetting not God's benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. We sing a hymn, and I think most of us who've been around, I don't hear these hymns. Sometimes I'm really sad that the old hymns have kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. One of those was um, Count Your Blessings. I bet a lot of folks out there never heard Count Your Blessings. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Start counting our blessings. I'm alive. I survived heart surgery five years ago. I've got a wife who loves me. And we've been together for ever. <laughs> okay, for T some years, but forever. I've got six kids who are, despite battles with cancer, who are healthy and strong and, and, and contributing citizens and decent people. I'm gonna, we're going to eat lunch here in a few minutes. I've got food on my table. I don't wonder where my food for the week is going to come from. I've got a roof over my head. It's not my roof, but I've got a roof over my head. And I stay dry. And I'm warm in the winter, and I'm always cool in the summer because it never gets hot enough to not be cool. I've got friends. I moved to a foreign country. We moved to a foreign country 25 years ago, and we have hundreds of friends on this little island. The Irish people have accepted us. Huh? Stupid, stumbling Yanks walk into this country, and a group of Irish people loved us from the very beginning. They chose to love us despite our Yankee quirks and weirdnesses. And they've chosen to embrace us. And I, I, I'm so... I, it's a special blessing to have folks who have chosen to do that. 
Count your blessings. I, count them. I, you know what? I, I, I can walk from here to the door. I can walk, no problem, 10 kilometers a day. Look at, I, I, it's amazing. We count our blessings. Name them one by one. And when you start counting your blessings, it's going to surprise you what God has done. Don't forget your blessings. When things get tough, choose to remember the blessings. Now, I've got another song. This isn't a Christian song. <clears throat> Has anybody seen the movie White Christmas? Mm. All right. Huh? Have you seen the movie? Most of us have seen the movie. Remember when um when Bing Crosby and um um um, 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 um what's his name George um Danny what, Huh? Danny Kidd. No, the woman. Oh. George Clooney's aunt or whatever. Oh, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. When they were first starting getting together. And she comes out, they come out to the, they're in this beautiful lodge up in New Hampshire. Okay, she can't sleep. Um, and Danny Kay and your woman are trying to get them together. And she comes out and she can't sleep. And, and he sings a song. And he's saying, I'm not going to try to imitate Bing Crosby. Not even going to, I'm going to read what he says as part of the song. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. And I fall asleep counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, I think, I, I think of when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. That's a silly Hollywood secular song. But doesn't it say a lot? When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. It goes right along with the hymn, doesn't it? Count your blessings, name them one by one. So, let's drop down now to verse 3. Here are, what are the benefits? And I'm just going to, I'm not going to spend forever on here. I could preach a week on every benefit. I have absolutely no doubt in the world I could preach a half hour every one of these and, 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 and still be rushing at the end. I'm just going to read them to you, give you a brief few brief words. Here are the blessings. Here are the benefits. So you go back up to verse 2. Don't forget his benefits. And verse 3 jumps into those benefits. These are the blessings God gives us. Mind-boggling. They're going to blow your socks off. Okay? So I hope you have your shoes on because they're going to blow your socks off when you think about these benefits. Here's what God does for us. And this is the part of the message that I need today. Verse 3. He forgives all your iniquities. He provides remission. So the first thing is praise, bless God for His remission of sins. That's what sets us apart. The Bible says clearly that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? Nobody is good enough to get to heaven. It's just not going to happen. Years ago, um, Ireland were playing Wales and there was a grand slam decider in rugby. And time ran out and as time ran out, um, Wales were given a penalty. And I don't remember all the names, but they had to kick from near to the midfield line in an angle. And that's all they could do was try for the goal. If they kicked the ball between the post, Wales would be Grand Slam champions. If they didn't go through the post, Ireland would be Grand Slam champions. Your man, God, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyway, your man sat back and he concentrated. He looked at the ball. He looked where the goal had to go. And you guys who like American football can't even imagine kicking a rugby ball. It's a big old fat bladder, kind of oblongy shaped. I'm amazed they can kick it 10 meters, much less. So he's 50 meters away, plus the angle. 
And, and oh, by the way, in rugby American football fans, you don't get to line up between the post. You line up, you kick from wherever the ball goes dead. Okay, so he's over on the sideline, kicking what would be basically um, a 60-yard field goal from an angle. He lines up, and he comes at it, and every Irish rugby fan, every Welsh rugby fan, as the ball left his foot, they held their breaths. He had it aimed perfectly. It's up, and now my heart was breaking because it looked like it was going to be good. I thought, oh, stop. Here we are, 39 years since our last Grand Slam, and we're going to miss it by a foot. So your man lines up, he kicks it. The ball is sailing towards the goalpost, and it's you know 10 meters, 20 meters, 30 meters, 40 meters, 50 meters. It's going to go through. The Wales fans are going nuts. And as the ball, at the last second, it dropped, and it dropped up that far, about that far, short of the crossbar. It was a wonderful kick, but it fell short of the goal. And there are a lot of decent people in the world who do a lot of good things, but all have sinned and come short of God's glory. So we had to have help. The wages of sin is death, or the wages for sin is eternal life without God. That's why Jesus came, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He forgave our sins. So praise God for his remission of our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Secondly, in verse 3, so first of all, bless God for his remission, and then bless God for his purification in verse 3. He heals your sins. And um, he, he heals your hands from he heals, I'm sorry he heals you from all diseases. Now in that context, it's the same sentence. And sure, God does do physical healing. Yes, it does happen. God works miracles and does physical healing. But the context there is in a spiritual sense, isn't it? Forgives your iniquities, forgives your sins, and heals your diseases. Isaiah writes about how we, by His stripes, we have been healed. By Jesus' being His stripes, He suffered at the crucifixion. We've all been healed by the most insidious disease. Was it last week we preached on the great, the big great pandemic? Yeah. Last week we were looking at this great pandemic that affects everybody. He's healed all the spiritual diseases of our hearts. And all we have to do is accept the cure. So we bless him for his remission. We bless him for his purification. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction. Praise God. Bless God for his redemption. What does redemption mean? Redemption is a buying back of something that was yours. Or, 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 or it's, a, it's, a, it's a purchase, a price that's paid. Um, we redeem coupons when we buy things. We take the coupon and we redeem it. If you put something in a pawn shop, you go back with your redemption ticket and you pay the price and you get the, get the thing back. Um, this particular verse talks about the redemption from the slave market when when uh, uh, somebody goes in as a slave they get to be sold and Jesus redeems them he pays the price for their sin and then he takes them out and, and releases them praise God he's redeemed us he's bought us back from the penalty of sin he has healed our diseases um, he redeems our life from destruction praise God for his redemption it's kind of like here let's say you had, let's say there was a beautiful old um, let's say there's a beautiful old 
estate, manor estate in Ireland. There's a few of them that are left have run into pretty much into shambles. And let's say the government decides that they're going to tear this place down. It's doomed for destruction. It's been here for a hundred years since the last um, royal magistrate, the last RM has left. It's been a hundred years. They ran him off. Um, no thing's been done. So let's just tear it down. And all of a sudden, say, no, that building's too nice. Somebody comes back and redeems that building from being destroyed. They pay the price to buy that building back and restore it to where it was. Praise God for his redemption. I love this next phrase. and Again, I think I could preach two messages on this. Verse 5. He crowns... Verse, yeah, the end of verse 4, I'm sorry. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. mercy. Praise God for his remission. Praise God for his purification. Praise God for his redemption. And praise God for his coronation. He says that we are crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. We are told, we were talked about, so I don't understand the whole idea of crowns and heavens. Um, they're there, they're talked about. But we don't have to wait for our heavenly crown. He's already crowned us as believers with loving kindness and tender mercies. That is what we wear. That's, what we, that's how we appear. When royalty walks into a room, one of the first things you're going to notice is their crown. Do people see that you and I are crowned? with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's the crowning of our Christian life is by being by loving kindness and showing mercy to others. That's the thing about us that people are going to see and God has crowned us with these two amazing gifts. Loving kindness and tender mercies. Boy, I, I, I look at my own life and I, how often is my life an example of loving kindness and mercy? Those of you who, anybody who knows me any, any amount of time, even my Christian friends who love me so much, i got to tell you a secret. I've got some friends probably in the States who might see this, who've known me a long, 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 long time. I can be a real jerk. I can. I can be an absolute jerk, and I do it at the worst times and the worst situations. I can be a jerk. That doesn't, is that honor God? When I dig in my heels and I take a stand for what I've done that's right, Am I honoring God? No, my, my crown ought to be loving kindness and tender mercies. Tender mercies. Tenderness. That's not often seen as a male trait, is it? Tender mercies. Even today, even with all the, the, gen, the, the de-genderfication of the world, a mark of a man is, for so many men is, I'm tough. I'm tough. I can deal with this situation. I can, I, I'm tough. But a man is crowned with tender mercy. He's, loved, he's crowned with love and a kind of love that shows kindness to others. I read a passage this week in my own devotion talked about the kindness of God. You don't think about God and being kind very often, do you? Kind is somebody who's always looking to do good for somebody else. Aren't you kind? We have that kind of loving kindness. That should be the crown that God has given us. Praise God for his remission. Praise God for his purification. Praise God for his redemption. Praise God for his coronation. Verse 5, praise God for his satisfaction. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. God wants us to be content. And if we have the right attitude, God satisfies our needs. Our needs. 
our physical needs and our spiritual needs. God satisfies our needs. The Bible, Jesus tells the illustration about God as a good father who satisfies our souls and our mouth with good things. You know the story, the illustration where a father comes, or a kid, a son comes and asks his father for a fish, and they said the father's not going to give him a snake or a scorpion, whichever it is. God gives us what's best. He'll satisfy us if we'll let Him satisfy us and, and learn to be content. Now, last for today, I love this one too. Bless God. Well, let's go back. We've got a few things here. Bless God for His remission of sins. Bless God for His purification and His healing. Bless God for His redemption. Bless God for His coronation. Bless God for His satisfaction. And bless God for His renewed rejuvenation. So that your youth is renewed like eagles. That reminds me of Isaiah forty thirty one. of course. For those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Your youth is renewed like eagles. We can arise above all this mess that's out there. But as a guy who's starting to um, get closer to being old. Um, I'm not old yet. 65 isn't old. But I can see old. Okay? Let's just put it that way. As an older guy, what a blessing. God has will, will rejuvenate us. He'll, he says, Let's, the, the youth, your youth is renewed like the eagles, soaring up. Believe it or not, um, 45 years ago, I was, a buff. I was buff. I was a buff soldier type. I was trim. I was fit. I was strong. I could do Army PT with the best of them. I always finish in the top five or so in PT. I was, I was. So, this is going to shock you. I was so buff and so tough that I qualified to go to Army Ranger School. You know who the Rangers are? They're like the Navy SEALs, except they don't swim. Well, you had to swim. That's how fit I was. I qualified to go to ranger camp, jumping out of helicopters, parachuting, swimming a mile fully with all your gear on and your rifle and your pack, and swimming a mile and and staying afloat for an hour. Huh? How do you even do that? But age happens. Right? We change. Um, I'm not dissatisfied with where I am. I think I do a pretty good job for a guy my age who's had heart surgery and all that. But you know what? That's a great picture of what God will do for us. God renews that strength in us. I remember when I listened to that night when I listened to that um, twenty-year, nineteen-year-old preacher. My first message. That guy just laid it out. And you know what? God says, I'll renew that strength in you if you let me renew it. I'll bring that same kind of fervency back. It doesn't have to... When, remember anybody who's saved? Remember when you first got saved? You wanted to tell everybody what happened to you. You couldn't wait. You're not going to believe what happened to me. Here, This is the most amazing thing. I remember that fervor. I, can't, I couldn't believe it when people didn't want to hear it. I was shocked. I mean, you, you won't believe this. Did you know that if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell? And uh, that response. Mm-hmm. But you know what's even better is that Jesus came and died for you, and all you have to do to go to heaven is accept His gift of salvation. <laughs> what are you on at? Are you nuts? 
But you know, God can renew that spirit. There's somebody that we love, Mary and I love deeply, and he's going through a bit of a spiritual rejuvenation right now. He'd had a, he'd had a, a few years and things were... Um, I'm not going to say a whole lot more. But man, the spiritual rejuvenation this man has had over the last six months. Astounding. Since the lockdown started. All of a sudden, he's reading his Bible. He's, he's, he's watching messages. He's, he's posting Christian messages on Facebook. He's just exploded. And here Mary... I'm going to give this away. <laughs> he's going to know who it is anyway. It's Mary's dad, actually. To hear them talk on Monday nights on the phone, it's like, this is not the man that we left in our, when we came over here even two years ago. God's doing a mighty work in his heart. And he's even older than me. Alright? But that's what God wants to do. God wants to rejuvenate our lives. And, 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 and so, there's so much to thank God for. Let me review those and we'll stop and take some prayer requests and then we'll pray. Bless God for His remission from sin. He's wiped them out. He's remitted, paid the price for your sins. Praise God for hearing our, healing our diseases. He's By His stripes, our spiritual illness has been broken. Praise God for redeeming us, for buying us back. Praise God for His coronation, the crowning with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bless God for the satisfaction He gives, and bless God for His rejuvenation. Lord willing, we'll pick up here next week. Um, just be praying for the future, praying for where we're going to be, our meeting places, and we'll, God willing, we'll pick up here next week.